IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. Do you know what my name is? Daniel Henderson. Now, fuck off. <laughs> I thought that was it. Uh, and I'm Dean Jeffrey, and I love Snatch. <laughs> so, you could, come on. What? We joked about that at the end of the last episode. Good. <laughs> there were so many quotes I could have played on, I thought, nah, let's just keep it simple. Yeah. And today, like Dean said, we are breaking down Guy Ritchie's Snatch. Are you sure it's not Matthew Vaughn's Snatch? Could be both. I had no idea that he was so involved in this film. Yeah, Matthew Vaughn was like producing the Guy Ritchie film before he went out and did Layer Cake. I mean, no wonder he went out and did Layer Cake. It all makes so much <laughs> sense now. <laughs> anyway, what else are we doing today, Hendo? Well, after our breakdown, we're going to take a look at some reviews that you guys have given to us. We're going to take a look at our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite Brad Pitt performance? And again, you've come out of the woodwork and just given us a slew of responses here. A slew indeed. Good to see a lot of different results as well. Yes, that'll be our top five as usual. We're going to see who's going to win our competition this week. And then after all that, we're going to find out what film we'll be breaking down next week, which is a random number generator. I am really, really scared of what we're going to get. It's been a while. It could be dangerous. I'm sensing foreign. I'm sensing three plus hours. (laughs) All right, before we get into Snatch, zing, uh, just a quick note. <laughs> That's enough, no, no more. <laughs> just a quick note, we will be spoiling it from the jump, so if you haven't seen it, you've been warned. And with that being said, let's get into Snatch. And if you haven't ever seen Snatch, I feel for you. <laughs> how, many more you how many more of those you got? <laughs> I don't know, we'll see how many just come to me. Frankie Four Fingers has a diamond the size of a fist. 86 carats. Do you know something that I've done? Jeez, it's flawless. Where? London. London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, Mary Poppins, London. What do I know about diamonds? My boxing promoter. I've got a bare knuckle fight. I want to use the pikey. Bet your back's here. Concentrate. Ah. Uh, what? Gonna have to repeat that. Bet your back's here. Concentrate. You what? What is a gun doing in your trousers? Protection. Protection from what? The Germans. <laughs> Open the case and give me the stone. The only man who knew the combination. You just shot. In the quiet words of the Virgin Mary, come again. There is the stone. Heavy. Shut up and sit down, you big ball. So what should I call you? You should call me Susan if it makes you happy. I don't care if it's Mohammed, Imad, Bruce Lee. You're going down in the fall. Shit. Bad boy yardies are supposed to know how to get rid of bodies. The best thing to do is feed them to pigs. You've got to starve the pigs for a few days, then the sight of a chopped up body will look like curry to a pisshead. Anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. Uh, the sign house frame furniture and the uh, scarf cushions with the uh, mats and sack by covering. Do you understand a single word of what he just said? So Snatch, released in 2000, directed by Guy Ritchie, his second film after Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. The story is about an unscrupulous boxing promoters, violent bookmakers, a Russian gangster, incompetent amateur robbers, and supposedly Jewish... Jewish, I'll put them together. Jewish jewelers fight to track down a priceless stolen diamond. I just melted the two words together. Yeah, you got to watch out for those Jewish jewelers. Starring, I don't know how what, what order they have this in here, but let's just go with it. Benicio Del Toro, Dennis Farina, Vinnie Jones, Brad Pitt, Rade Shabegia, Jason Statham, and Alan Ford. What order do you think that is? Could it be? No, I was going to say in order they, they yeah, appear appeared, in the film. Yeah, maybe? Nah, because Rade Shabegia is in it earlier than Brad Pitt. In the That's actual, weird, I don't know. In, the, in their little title cards? I don't know. I wasn't really counting the title cards there. Uh, I actually wrote down the title cards. So in the title cards, we get 
Dennis Farina first. Well, there you go. Then we get Lenny James, who you didn't even mention. Sorry, Lenny James. No, there's too many people. Just name the big ones. Yeah. Music by John Murphy, who's done other films like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. He did Kick-Ass, Sunshine and 28 Days Later. Oh, 28 Days Later. Great music. Cinematography by Tim Maurice Jones, who also did Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. And Revolver. Not much else after that. You'd feel pretty dirty if you didn't get asked back to do Snatch after Lockstock. They came back for Revolver, but didn't come back for Rock and Roller. I've never seen Rock and Roller. I haven't seen Revolver or Rock and Roller. What is Revolver? It's another Guy Ritchie film starring Jason Statham. Really? i never heard of it. Yes. It was after he did that swept away movie with Madonna. Oh, that swept away movie. Like you haven't seen it, Hendo. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> So Brad Pitt, who was a big fan of Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, he approached Guy Ritchie, asked asked him for a role in the film. And when Ritchie found out Pitt couldn't master a London accent, he decided to give him the role of Mickey the Gypsy. And then he just barely mastered any accent. Yeah, just gibberish. Yeah, worked well. So when Guy Ritchie told Brad Pitt that he would be playing a boxer, Pitt became a bit concerned because he'd just finished shooting Fight Club and he didn't want to play the same type of role again. He took the role anyway because he wanted to work with Richie so bad. He was playing a particularly scummy character, so he made it to the point where he actually barely did any showering and washing himself during the production. I mean, that's just an excuse not to shower yourself, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I can't be bothered with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, Mr. Pitt, uh, no shower again today. Yeah, it's method. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever you say. Ah, it's method. So Mickey's indecipherable speech was inspired by many critics' complaints about the accents of the characters in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Guy Ritchie decided to counter the criticisms by creating a character that not only couldn't be understood by the audience, but that also couldn't be understood by the characters in the movie. Hilarious. So the role of Bricktop was actually going to be Sean Connery. Ugh, I don't get intimidating from him at all. Sean Connery liked the script and was curious to see Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, so Matthew Vaughan arranged a screening to get it to him as soon as possible. He turned up to watch the film and he said, that is a good film, and then whispered to him, you're not going to be able to afford me. Then why did he go? Because he's Sean Connery, he's That an doesn't asshole. make any sense. He's an asshole. Or maybe he just saw how low budget looking Lockstock was. And, and then, then he realised, yeah. And then realised, it's great, but I, I, I need the big budget money like uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ah, the film that crushed his career. <laughs> Caused him to retire. Yeah, it crushed him, not his career. Yeah. <laughs> but this was released on the 23rd of August in 2000. We said, we mentioned last week, 20 year anniversary, a couple of days after this uh, breakdown's getting released. We did mention that. Mm. Hope everyone marked it on their calendars. <laughs> <laughs> Tagline, stealing stones and breaking bones. Eh, whatever. Budget of £6 million, which was roughly about $8 million, and worldwide grossed $83 million. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, big return on investment. Gee, Brad Pitt must have t- taken a pay cut to what he was uh, used to getting paid. Oh, absolutely. And I reckon that his you know, big old mug on the on the front of this poster really got the money rolling. Mm. No Oscar love for Snatch. Makes sense. International film. Not really Oscar buzzy. What about Rotten Tomatoes, critics and audience, Dean? What do you reckon has the bigger percentage? Oh, give me audience. Yeah, big margin. 73% for the critics and 93% for the audience. Fuck. Huge. <laughs> 55% for Metacritic, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 3.9 for Letterboxd, and let's take a look at the history of Snatch in the IMDb Top 250 list. This debuted into the list on the 27th of January in 2001 at number 183, got up to as high as 139, but then gradually dropped all the way down to 249 mid-2005. Wow, what happened? Don't know what happened. I don't know what what, uh, caused it to go down that far so quickly, but since then... (laughs) For the next 15 years, it has just gone up and up and up and up and up, all the way up to number 104, with an 8.2 over 765,000 votes. 2005, maybe it was when Revolver came out, and everyone's like, this is shit. Guy Ritchie's shit now. Let's downvote Snatch. How could anyone downvote Snatch? Downvote Snatch? I don't think people downvote on IMDb. They give it a one, that's a downvote. I am thinking very reddity there. Very reddity. <laughs> Did you know Revolver was 2005 off the top of your head? Yes. That's impressive. I just looked it up. Well done. Mate, you know me and release dates. I'll smash you every time. Interesting fact, Revolver has a lower score than Alien 3 on IMDb, Hendo. Are you looking at your previous search history? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that the last time you looked at it when you saw <laughs> Alien 3? <laughs> All right, Dean, let's get into it. First off, first off, first off, I just want to say I have probably seen this film at least 15 times. 
That's a lot. That's a lot, especially for you. This when this came out two thousand, this would have come out on Australian TV or something at around two thousand and one. I would have taped this. Oh, it was the edited cut version. Version, yeah, where you don't get any of those cunts, and a lot of the fucks are gone. What? Why are you? Why are you so flabbergasted that I said that word? What word? Mm, that's why, Hendo. Don't bait me. That's why. Don't bait me. Because <laughs> you never say it. Hey, if it's in the movie, I'm going to say it. Okay. Yeah, they cut out a lot of the swear words. I watch this film. Swear words. <laughs> oh, how, how weird is it when they when they cut when they do edits? It's just swear words they cut out. Like the violence stays in, but no, no, got to yeah, those those awful swear words. Got to cut those out. Well, it's easier for kids to repeat swear words than repeat the violence. Consequences are more damaging though when they do repeat the violence. Ooh, hot take. Yeah. So I had this taped on a VCR and I watched this on repeat. So much so that when I watched it this time, I was almost quoting it word for word as we we're going along. And I haven't seen this film in. Probably eight years now. Huh. Yeah, I've probably, I would say under 10, between six and 10. But I feel like a lot of it is so memorable for me, quote-wise. Sorry, can because- I, I just want to butt in here. I want to butt in here again. I say I haven't seen it in eight years. I just checked my letterbox. I did log it in uh, mid-2017, so it was three years. So it would appear what you said was a lie. Yes. No, but I feel like, you know, high school was a big time for quoting films, and so much of this was quoted around the, you know, the playgrounds, if you will. The playgrounds? Yes. In high school. Those the, high school playgrounds. The basketball court. The, yes, after you, after you finished, uh, finished learning your geometry and trigonometry, you're off to uh, having a swing on the monkey bars, were you? The four square court. <laughs> oh, down ball. That was the way to go. <laughs> yeah, but we start off here with some voiceover from Turkish. Turkish? Jason Statham. Man, he's not he's not the big superstar he is at this, at this point, is he? No, he's this... You know, this quiet... Oh, quiet's not the right word. No, no, he is quiet. This quiet Englishman, you know, who's yes. just really loves picking on his mate Tommy. He does. He's got some zingers along the way here. Jason Statham has never been as good and will never ever be as good as he is in this film. After this, he goes to the transporter and he just becomes... Action, action hero. Star. Yeah. Yeah. He is so funny in this film. Oh, he is an absolute pisser. And it's because of this awesome script. Oh, the script is unreal. The script is phenomenal. It is so sharp. Like, constantly sharp. Yes. Like, the jokes, the gags, the one-liners just come at you, like, on on, on point, on, non-stop, all the time. What do you think of the idea of having the final scene be at the start here? Oh, I'd forgotten. Even on my, you know, multiple watch here, I didn't think, right, it's going to end with... Turkish and Tommy talking to someone and I don't even remember I wouldn't have remembered that they were talking to Doug because of the main people I think Doug is the least memorable of them I, I think Tyrone gets a bit shafted here as not one of the main characters but Doug the head is yeah Doug okay. the head gets his own little title card Tyrone doesn't get anything no oh, he doesn't Tyrone. I mean Tyrone's a silly fat bastard what do you expect <laughs> what do you think of this uh this one shot over the security camera footage of Frankie dressed in the rabbi outfit, yeah. heading very, up to the, the diamond. Very interesting. Uh, I like because a lot of opening credits can be quite boring, just listing names and stuff. This stuff is, even though it's just people walking through checkpoint after checkpoint, it's still, you know it's building, and you know you're watching a Guy Ritchie film and it's going to be exciting. So, yeah, I, I was, you know, watching these guys with intent. Do you think that they could actually hear them on these cameras? I did question the level of yes. security that they would have to have microphones everywhere. Impressive. But, <laughs> you know, they're dealing with enormous diamonds. I'm sure they're extraordinarily wealthy. Maybe they do have mics set up everywhere. Sure, I'll go with that. And I mean, really, if you are Frankie Fourfingers, surely you don't take the chance that they don't have microphones and as you're walking yeah. through this checkpoint after checkpoint, you break character and start talking in whatever accent Benicio Del Toro has. Benicio Del Toro loves to do different accents, doesn't he? I mean, I don't know yeah. if he loves it, but he certainly does it a lot. He definitely does it a lot. Obviously, this and Usual Suspects come to mind. Yeah, Usual Suspects, very memorable. I love how it just goes straight into this super fast-paced editing of this robbery light. Snap cut, snap cuts. You know, the music the music rises that as it, as it like escalates and then explodes and the camera's like spinning upside down and zooming in and you're like, holy shit. It is frenetic. Like, this yes. is the biggest wow editing gasm I've seen. Like, this is... <laughs> I love because 
it's so slow. Like this, this footage of these, you know, four older Hasidic Jews walking into the, and then it's just boom, like fucking the Matrix style, unloads yes. all the guns. And it's awesome. Love it. Absolutely love it. And then we get one of the greatest opening titles ever. I mean, this could have been my excellent, honestly. I love this opening title shot. Just going through all the characters. Oh, all the uh, the intros to the main characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a what comic book. I, mean? I don't know. I wasn't sure if I was forgetting like a sna- like the word snatch coming up that I was missing. Uh, but yeah. No, no, it happens in the title credits here. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like comic book characters they are. They've all got these cool like color tones to them. They've got yep. these all, all have amazing cool nicknames. I love it. Frankie Fourfingers, Boris the Blade, Doug the Head. Doug the Head's not really a cool nickname. I mean, it's better than Soul. He doesn't have a nickname. Vinny. I mean, I guess Soul is his nickname because his name is is what Hendo. Arsol. Solomon. I know. <laughs> yes, I know, Dean. I think I got you there. No, you didn't. I was trying to make a gag. Yeah, I am always very unsure whether or not you've made a gag or not. So that doesn't surprise me. Frankie gives up his gun pretty quickly here. I mean, sure, he's taken the bullets out of the gun to give to him, but what if someone else had a gun? I mean, I think at that point, if someone else has a gun, then what difference does it make whether or not he drops the bullets? Like, it's three on one. If they want the stone off him, they can get the stone off him. Okay, fair enough. Like, and they say it can't appear to have been the Russians that do it. So, obviously, like, they can't betray one of their own. So, yeah, yeah, he empties the bullets, but I feel like... He, he he would think he's pretty safe here. I almost feel like the way he empties the bullets in front of everyone almost puts him in more danger. Like, it's three on one. We can get the diamond off you if we want. <laughs> Maybe it shows his, uh, his uh, level of comfortable as well. Like, he's, he's his dropping level the bullets on comfortable. the- Comfortableness. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, he drops I, the bullets I in front of him. level like, of comfort. Or you could just say comfort one. level. <laughs> Comfortableness. <laughs> I like it. It seems like he is overcomfortable. <laughs> like he shows, he drops the bullets in front of him. Like, yeah, I, I know you're not going to do anything. I like, I have no fear whatsoever here. But in the in the action of emptying the bullets, you are telling them that I don't trust you. True. Odd. And he, and the other guy gives him that little smirk, like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Yeah. But we get to Turkish and Tommy, gorgeous George, and. I could, start, I could. Do you want to just quote the screenplay? <laughs> it's an unlicensed boxing match, Tommy. Not a tickling competition. What's going on there, sausages, Charlie? Two minutes Turkish. Five minutes Turkish. It was two minutes five minutes ago. <laughs> What's wrong with this one? Nothing. It's tip top. It's tip top. <laughs> it pulls the caravan door off. <laughs> I'm just not sure about the colour. <laughs> It's so funny. I was laughing out loud so much yeah. in this film. And it's so rare. Like, you know, you watch comedies and, yeah, they're funny. But to actually, like, be laughing loudly, it's... I was so impressed with this film. Even introduced to uh, Boris the Blade here when he's talking about the gun. So heavy is good. Heavy is reliable. If it does not work, you can always hit him with it. Where would you know Rade Shabedia from? This. Really? Can you name him from anything else you've seen? Die Hard 4. No. Five. We've actually mentioned we've actually mentioned his name more often than I thought we would have. I know Rade Shababada because every time you say it, I think you're making a name up, and you might think I'm doing it for a joke. I literally, it sounds like a made up name. Do you notice I've actually said his name right during this one? How would I notice probably, that? Because, I have no idea what this guy's name is. Because every time I said his name was Rade Shababada, would you read it? Oh, is that not his name? Shababada. No, his name is Rade Shababada. Okay. So it is a made-up name that you've been saying. Yes. <laughs> that explains he, why it sounds like a made-up name, Hendo. You would know him mostly, besides this, as the bum from Batman Begins who gives him the coat. No, everyone in this film I know from that guy from Snatch. Yes, but if everyone. you saw Batman Begins and you see the bum who gives him the coat... It's that guy from nice Snatch. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't see this guy in another film and go, oh, it's that, it's that hobo in Batman Begins... You know, that 30 seconds he's on screen? Yeah, it's that guy. He was he was a villain in 24, too. I mean, isn't everyone who's Russian in 24? They're all villains. Even the intro to Bricktop here. Pull your tongue out of my asshole, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs do that. You're not a dog, are you, Gary? Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Because he turns it, you know, you do have all the characteristics of a dog. Or except loyalty. 
bang. And then the guy, this is what got me. The guy that bags and kills the other guy or kills the other guy then gets the bag over the top of him. He's yeah. like, I don't like grasses. <laughs> It's like, Jesus Christ. And you can see the power that he's got. He just he just yells at the box like, what the fuck are you two looking at? And they're just like taken aback like, holy shit, let's uh, not get involved with this guy. <laughs> but they're in the pig pen, Turkish and Tommy, uh, going through with uh, Bricktop here, talking about throwing the fight. Interesting how, because the voiceover is from Turkish throughout the whole film here. And this is the point where he talks like he's in that moment at that time, where he's like, Oh, I just couldn't wait to get out of there. Fuck me, it stinks in here. Yeah, okay. I don't yeah. think he does that at any other point. I didn't pick up on that. But I think the the, the center or the, the focal point in the first section of this film is really about how Boris is going to set up Frankie Fourfingers to get this diamond off of him. Yeah, because we get... I like how Boris is told, don't use idiots for the job. And then we see <laughs> Sol and Vince, and then they employ Tyrone. <laughs> and it's yeah. just, each level is dumber than the next. It's funny how, yeah, they talk about let's not get idiots for it. When you first get introduced to uh, Vinny and Sol here, the first thing Vinny does is lose the dog immediately. Chase after him down the street. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know Lenny James from anything? Something British. No, something US. What is it? The Walking Dead. Okay. Is he in like the first season? Yeah. And he's a recurring character. Many, many yeah, seasons. Wasn't he, wasn't he like the main, the the first person? Yeah, he was the first guy with Rick and then he comes back later on. I love, like we talk about the quick editing and the quick cuts here. When you got Cousin Avi talking to Frankie, when he's getting changed into those different yep. like clothes and every cut is he's wearing something different, but the conversation is <laughs> yeah. still so fluent. Yes. yeah, I love it. That's funny. He's like, and stay away from those casinos. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the, quick, the quick shots of him. Of Frankie oh. and fucked up in a casino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So we get introduced to Doug the Head here as well. Pretends he's Jewish. Wishes he was Jewish. Even tells his family they're Jewish. <laughs> I like that. It's not that he tells his family that he's Jewish. He tells his family they're Jewish. <laughs> yeah, better for business. <laughs> it's a free country, ain't it? Well, it ain't a free shop, is it? So fuck off. <laughs> Man, I tell you, that's why I said it in my, in my quip at the start. Because how many times do people tell each other the fuck off in this film? Oh, they're very mean to each other, Hendo. But he's got the twins here. Yeah, Dad, you told us. Yeah, Dad, you told us. They don't contribute yep. too much to the plot. No, I think, I think that is their contribution. <laughs> and we're done with the twins now. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of representation of females in this film, I must say. I know. I know. I mean, are these two women here the most prominent females in the film? Uh, there's oh, the woman Mickey's at the bookies. Mickey's Ma. Oh, Mickey's Ma, of course. And, and the woman who is at the bookies. Yeah. Pretty sure that's it. Yes, definitely wouldn't pass the uh, Bechdel test, this film. <laughs> mm. I imagine a lot of Guy Ritchie's films wouldn't. I don't know. I'd have to say swept away. Yeah, like you haven't already. <laughs> Fuck. Where, where's <laughs> this coming from? Nowhere. I'll return you DVD next week. Don't worry. <laughs> Why do you have it? Uh, n- no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Brit, Brit wanted it, I swear. Yeah, it's for the wife. <laughs> So Frankie gets his gun from Boris the Blade here. I want you to do something for me. Yes. He wants to go. He wants to place a bet. It's so simple. Just place a bet. He ropes him in. He does. He can't help himself. And that's good. There's a book. There's a bookies I know who will take bets. Viva Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But now we go to the Pikey Camp site. Oh my god! How good is Mickey doing a shit next to his (laughs) ass? I was like, is he like uh, like trying to listen in on what's going on here? And then he stands up and I was like, oh no, he's just taking a dump. Yeah, he's uh, he's taking a big old shit there. Fuck me, look at the size of him. How big is he? <laughs> big man, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little, little, little. <laughs> I, I, could, I could do I, I reckon I could do the whole Mickey right here. Dags, you like dags? Dags? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dags. <laughs> And I like how they do they do the deal. Tommy buys a caravan and he's driving away. He's like, I don't see what all the fuss is about. They aren't bad fellas. And it just yep. falls to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right, listen, just give us our money back and we'll go. What the fuck do I want a <laughs> broken caravan for? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do I want a caravan? It's got no fucking wheels. <laughs> Why the fuck do I want a caravan? It's got no fucking wheels. But he's right though. He's like, what does he say? Nobody brings a feather the size of you unless they say some of their talking right by. 
Are you saying that the only reason they sold him a caravan that was shit was because they brought a big guy? No, they're saying they were going to do that anyway, but they knew that this was going to happen. They're bringing Gorge, he's bringing gorgeous George along for you know this exact same reason to intimidate. Mm. But nobody intimidates Mickey, do they, Hendo? No, this guy for it. is a beast. It's it's so funny how he he gets the shit kicked out of him, but every single time he's just he's just like stretching, stretching out, stretching. <laughs> And every time he does it, he gets a little crack of the bones. <laughs> like, he's still getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> the sound effect every single time Mickey lays a punch is awesome. Oh, the... <laughs> like, it's like an explosion. <laughs> oh, we haven't really spoken about the soundtrack yet for this film. I think it's perfect timing to bring up Golden Brown. Yeah, Golden Brown. I, th- I think the soundtrack is fantastic. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah. Very memorable for me. I listened what to the soundtrack songs several times. Ghost Town. How's that go? This town is coming like a ghost town. I'm Shaun of the Dead as well. Is there any other songs I would know? Dreadlock Holiday. How's that go? I don't like cricket. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, I I take it back. The soundtrack sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked. Maybe it's just your singing. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait. Fuck off, all right? (laughs) So, here's where we get Tyrone and Vince. And Sol heading to the bookies. Man, the intro to Tyrone here. This is this, this is almost gold. my excellent. This is so funny. <laughs> I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck can he get away from? He can move fast when he wants to, all right? He <laughs> <laughs> can't even get out of the car. <laughs> even when he backs into the van as well. It was a funny angle. Tyrone, <laughs> things come from behind when you reverse. <laughs> so why don't you park over there? It's too tight. Too tight. You could land a jumbo fucking jet in there. <laughs> so this dog going a bit crazy in the back of the car here. First off, it's hilarious that he swallows the entire ball and squeaks for the rest of the film. It is funny. You can't swallow that whole ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their reactions are gold. They don't try and stop it. They're just, <laughs> They're just amazed it. that he could do it. <laughs> oh. Actually, according to the DVD commentary, the dog, who was named Bow was very difficult to work with. And during that car scene, the dog was actually attacking Lenny James and there was a point where he was actually bitten in the crotch, but he didn't suffer any serious injuries, luckily. They actually replaced the dog after that incident happened. Did they put down the other one? Uh, uh, Don't be so morbid. Gee, certainly adds a somber tone to the podcast, Tendo. I actually think that scene where he gets bitten isn't in the car here. It's later on in the film when... They're with Avi and Tony, and they're about to like cut the dog open, mm. and Vinny starts to show him the, the the diamond, and there's a quick cut to the dog actually lunging at Lenny James and biting him, and you see Vinny Jones like bend over and like nearly laugh, and it, it doesn't really make any sense because the way it's cut, the, the scene before it, you've got Vinny showing Avi the diamond, then it cuts back to it, and Vinny is still trying to pull the diamond out of the bag. Mm. Very uh, perceptive of you, Hendo. Maybe that's sort of like a 16th, 17th time viewing sort of thing you pick up on. This wasn't the first time I've seen that. Maybe it was like an 8-9 kind of viewing. So I'm close. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, next time you've got it. <laughs> How funny is this set up here? Just the premise that you've got Sol, Vince and Tyrone. They're waiting to rob a bookies, but they have to wait until a man with four fingers walks in there. <laughs> They're there for hours. They don't. They because don't pay they've any got attention. Frankie back. They've got Frankie stuck in the van behind them yeah. because they've backed into it. And Vinny tells Tyrone not to back it up. <laughs> no, leave it there. You're going to cause the. You're going to see the damage. Oh, then when they finally do get in there, they see this guy walk in. It's like, oh, did he have four fingers? I don't I'm know. Sorry, I didn't have binoculars out in time. Binoculars. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, was that him? I don't know. How many fingers did he have? I'm sorry, I couldn't get the binoculars out in time. I mean, let's just keep talking about the robbery scene here. We'll cut back to the rest of it soon. Apparently, every mistake that they make was inspired by various late-night TV shows about real-life crimes gone wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everything they do wrong here is is terrible. Yeah, robbing a bookie Leave- with no money. Yeah, not paying attention when the when the woman shoots the the the, the barricade up and he goes flying up with it. Shooting, it- shooting the hole in shooting the hole in the wall. Actually, Lenny smart. James Lenny James hit himself. In the nuts with the shotgun after blasting a hole in the wall. And that's the, that's the shot you see in the film. Huh. There's poor nuts. Yes. Just, uh, this woman's, um, she's not intimidated at all. Nah, you get the feeling like she's been held up before. Yeah. I ain't fucking buying that. Well, that's good because I ain't fucking selling it. 
<laughs> and even when they're even when they're trapped in there, and then they take all their masks off. <laughs> Idiots! Absolute <laughs> drop kicks. And leaves the shotgun on the buddy on the on the bench right next to her when he's having a fit. It's a fucking anti-aircraft rifle, Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it how they just they 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 they've sealed their fate. They're doomed. And fucking Tyrone just opens the door. What are you two doing? Hmm. Tyrone saves the day. Yes, he does in a lot of ways. Pulls knocks out Frankie who stumbles out of the van. Who's that, Tyrone? It's a man with four fingers in a briefcase, Vinny. <laughs> All right, let's go back. Let's go back. What are we at? We're at uh, Turkish and Tommy, I believe. Yeah, looking for a new fighter now that gorgeous George has luckily survived. <laughs> Who took the jam out of your donut? You took the fucking jam out of my donut, Tommy. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. and Nicky, he just, he just wants a caravan for his ma. His ma. Yeah, this is funny. <laughs> Tommy, t- Tommy's so funny in this. He's just this... Like this weak little man trying to be a bigger person, you know. He's great. It's 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 so weird seeing Stephen Graham like this, and then you see him in future films like The Irishman, for example. That's fucking Tommy from Snatch, mm. and that other one we watched where he was like a tough guy. Oh, um, this is England. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I think that's more jarring than The Irishman, to be honest. Yes. The, did you say The Irishman? Yes. It's The Irishman. Don't say Irishman. That's it's what I Spider Man. <laughs> Is that Irishman? So the, the, no, you didn't. You're so talking about the new superhero film, Irishman. But of course, Turkish has to tell Bricktop that they're changing the fighters. Are you taking the piss? Bricktop is, is after probably Turkish, is my favourite character. Bricktop is so good in this. He's got a lot of awesome lines. And he, he's just this older English gentleman. Not a, not a gentleman, but he's an older English bloke. Uh, likes, his, likes his cup of teas. Yeah. yeah and likes to uh, feed people to pigs. <gasps> Yeah, he's great. He's great. Doug and Avi, Doug and Avi on the phone talking about Frankie, how he's uh he's gone to place a bet. I like the the transitions. Hey, you got them on split screen here, but then every time one of them talks, that side of the screen zooms in, like a like it takes up more of the screen. Mm. That was good. Very effective. It's interesting seeing the progression of Doug the Head in this scene, where as he's talking casually to Avi, like he's examining the the, the jewelry, the necklaces on these on these women that are going past. Like he's not a care in the world. Yeah, he's just, it's a boxing match. It's a boxing match. And then when Avi starts to have a go at him and get really aggressive, like when the women come up to him to look at the necklace, he, he pushes them away. Like get the fuck away from me. I mean, that would make sense, Endo. The conversation is getting more tense. The quick snap cut edit of Avi traveling to London is so good. Shut up and sit down, you big ball fuck. <laughs> but let's head to the boxing match here. <laughs> They'd have to go for like three different security guards to get in. <laughs> this is the uh, this is the back way in. Oh, really? I thought it was the front. <laughs> Mickey taking on the mad bomber. Ah, yes. And, you know, not surprisingly, he does not go down in the fourth. He just no, does whatever the fuck he wants <laughs> and knocks this guy out immediately. <laughs> And the zoom-ins on Bricktop and especially Turkish and Tommy like, what? They are so bewildered. And he's look at, he, Mickey's look at them like, eh? Like, he just shrugs. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But let's bring it back to Vinny Boris. and Sol. And, yeah, and Boris showing up with uh, Frankie Fourfingers with a tea cozy on his head. I remember seeing a deleted scene where they were talking to Frankie Fourfingers uh, before Boris showed up. And it's just like Benicio Del Toro with a tea cozy on his head talking in his weird accent. Oh, really? Yeah. Benicio Del Toro really is not in this at all, like much well, at all. there's so many people. There's so many people they need to go through in these films. They need to have a couple people disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. But he is certainly memorable. <laughs> and, you know, stupid idiots, Vinny and Sol, say Boris's name too loud. So that's unfortunate for Frankie, who cops the bullet to the head. He you could not know idiots. my he name. He could not know my name. <laughs> <laughs> but these, yeah, Sol and Vincent are really dumb here, overstepping their mark where they're saying they want half of the diamond. Yeah. What are they doing? They, it's so dumb. Like they paid, like are they lucky this guy gives them 10 grand. He's 10 grand. Yeah, that's he's 10 grand. He's been nice. He's been generous. Yes. Like who are these two going to sell it to? You know, like. Well, uh, to be to be fair, they know immediately like how priceless this thing is. They work in a, a pawn shop, a you know, jewelry store per, per se. They understand what, you set it up with Sol. He knows what's fake and what's real. Yeah. So they know, they probably know. The Diamond District and all that—they could, probably, they knew they, they know they can make a lot of money off it, but it's not what they were there for. You got this Russian gangster. What are they? What are they threatening 
what 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 uh, leverage do they have? Oh, we want half now. It's like they're holding it in front of him. Like, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's just going to kill you. Yeah. He's like, he's not killing you. He's being very generous and giving you 10 grand for the job. I like how like you fucked up so badly. Boris leaves the body for them. <laughs> yes. They start to pile up some bodies there. <laughs> 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 nah, Bricktop visits Turkish here. I like the little eh when Turkish backs into Bricktop. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this is so dumb from Bricktop, I thought. Trusting Mickey again to go down in the fourth. Yeah, what's... Is it because he got the one punch in, like now he's this gigantic favourite, like he's this hard-ass bastard who can knock people out in one punch that obviously everyone's going to like put money on him to win now? I don't know. I thought it was... Like, you can't control Mickey. He has shown you you cannot control Mickey. Yeah, but they, he obviously raises the stakes here by killing his mum and putting the fear, like the supposed fear into him. Like the first time he's like, eh, whatever. But now he's got stakes, especially when they set up like I've got, you know, an entire crew with guns pointed at your entire family and pikey camp. So you don't want to be fucking around here. Hmm. Yeah, risky though. He tells his henchman, does he have a name? Errol. Errol. Put a cup of tea on for me, would you, Errol? Okay. They don't even uh, call him Bricktop. They call him Governor. But people do call him Bricktop. Yeah, but his his henchmen call him Governor. No, but Mickey does need to fight again, but they're going to have a little bet for uh, another caravan. (laughs) The Penny Wrinkle Blue. (laughs) Oh, this movie. What what happens if the dogs get the the hit? Well, it gets fucked, doesn't it, Tommy? Proper fucked. (laughs) Yeah, Tommy. Like the Germans. (laughs) (laughs) Even there's these little things, bits and pieces that Brad Pitt does. There's... Definitely part when they're in the field here where I think he takes a step forward and he must have stood on the dog's foot because the dog like w- jumps up and winces and it freaks him out and he goes, fucker, to it. <laughs> like he goes to fight it. Yeah. But Mickey is very self-aware. Like he says to him, like, have I made myself clear? Have <laughs> <laughs> like, I made myself clear, boys? <laughs> it was us that wanted a new caravan. <laughs> I, love, I find it funny how he's... Uh, Turkish calls his mama tart, and they do the quick zoom in on their faces, like, oh shit. <laughs> I wasn't calling mama tart. I was just, you know, just, you know. Yeah, he doesn't finish that sentence. I was, <laughs> no. I was just, I was just, and he's like, yeah, all right. All right. I did like the way that. Ah, save your breath to cool your porridge. What? That's what he says. What'd you say? Say it again. Save your breath to cool your porridge. Okay. I, I didn't catch what he said. Uh, but I did like the way <laughs> it, was, it was edited with the hair being. Uh, or getting away from the dogs at the same time as you see Tyrone running from these henchmen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Tyrone. It's funny how uh, Tommy's gun doesn't work. He, he tries to act all big and tough. Turkish is not having any of it. And the look on uh, Tommy's face when he's trying to shoot the gun in the car, like he's he's so scared of what's going to happen. Like, he's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get uh, Bricktop visiting Sol and Vinny here. We've got... um. This other guy, bad boy, in the film here for this very small section. Uh, that guy's name's Goldie. Apparently, he's a British rapper. Uh, I know him from The World Is Not Enough. He was a henchman. Okay. This scene is my... Excellent! Very nice. Uh, this is so funny. Uh, I, I love... The I love, speech? Yeah, this speech. Like Even just the setup with, do you know who I am? And one of them says, I do. Good. Yeah. That'll save me some time. <laughs> Well, well, I, I don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then this, yeah, this big long speech about, you know, how to how to feed people to pigs, and it's so matter of fact, it's so intimidating, yeah. so funny. The guy's reactions are priceless. They still have no idea who this guy is. Yeah, it's it's hilarious, and it just it sums up the tone of this film so well. So yeah, I was I was in hysterics watching this scene. Do you know what nemesis means? <laughs> Personified in this case by an honourable cunt. <laughs> Uh, Me. What? What What'd you just say? I said, honourable cunt. <laughs> Me. <laughs> so there is a character we have not been introduced to yet. Bullet Tooth Tony. I found it yes. confusing that there were two characters in this thing that sort of are characterised by their uh, difficulty in being able to be killed. Yeah, the uh, the bullet Boris, has a nickname. the bullet dodger. <laughs> and Bullet Tooth Tony. He dodges bullets. <laughs> <laughs> love it Vinnie Jones here I even love it in these little flashback when you can tell the story about how he got shot six times I shoot you you go down why would you fucking die <laughs> and he just pulls out a knife like you're in trouble now yeah tough guy Vinnie Jones his, his acting career certainly never reached these heights again 
his acting career certainly went to the uh, straight to DVD bin, uh, mean tough guy Steven Seagal style action films, didn't they? Mm. I saw. Yeah, this is, is it, this is, is, it this mean is peak Machine. Jones. Is that the prison yeah, Sockham film? Yeah, that's twice the one. Twice at the movies. I fucking hate that movie. Wow, wow! You watched a soccer movie twice? Oh, not by choice. Oh, do they like force you to go into the cinema and watch it? Yes, with Gun sexual favours. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to Peninsula <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to make it clear that the favours were not received at Peninsula <laughs> <laughs> So obviously Tony's on the uh, on the move here to do a bit of research, some investigation. Ewan Bremer makes his little appearance here. Yul Brenner. Ewan Bremer. Yeah, sick boy. No, it's not. It looks like sick boy. <laughs> It's not Sick Boy. It's Spud. Oh, I mean, I was close enough. It was one of them. He's in it for a couple of minutes, but it's still very memorable. Driving down the street with your head stuck in the window. What do you think I'm doing, you peen ass? Uh, in 2001, I was 13, so I did not see Mean Machine <laughs> twice at the cinema. <laughs> Certainly not for sexual favors. <laughs> I don't know why I saw that twice at the cinemas, but I didn't like it the first time. I didn't like it the second time. I don't. Maybe even you're just know, double checking. I don't even know who I would have gone to see that film with twice. That is crazy to me. Anyway, I digress. They find out that it's uh, Sol and Vinny who uh, blagged Bricktop's bookies. And again, that little quote you just said before. Why do they call him the Bullet Dodger? Because he does his bullets heavy. You can even see that Bullet Tooth Tony is kind of scared of Boris the Blade here when he mentions that it was Boris. He's got a like a concerned look on his face. Yeah, which says a lot about Boris considering it's Bullet Tooth Tony who's scared. Yeah, but here's where we get to the uh, probably the, the lowest point of the film where Bricktop uh, has it out with uh, Turkish Tommy and uh, poor Mickey and poor Mickey's ma. Yeah, that that was a bit of an overreaction, killing Mickey's ma. Well, it's the incentive he needs to get him to box. Yeah, great acting from Brad Pitt. You know, great reveal as well from uh, Turkish revealing it through the voiceover. voiceover. Yeah, yeah, decided to burn down his mask camp, his, his mask caravan with her in it. It's like, oh shit. Yeah, actually, speaking of soundtrack, I like this one. I yep. think it's like, is it "Love Me, Love Me, Love Me"? Is yeah, it that one. Yeah, yeah, really good. So this is the this is the setup for the the triple car ride where you've got. Tyrone following Boris back to his house after Bo- first off he got Tony talking about Boris the Blade like he'll be impossible to find he just rocks up at the diamond place <laughs> that was funny and, <laughs> and the music every time Boris is there that oh it is gold especially when he's just staring into the camera that they're looking at the snap cut of uh, I think it's Avi's bodyguard Rosebud when he's like I'll take care of him won't be a problem. Snap cut, he's in the car, like, get me to the hospital. He's like bleeding out of the face. <laughs> yeah. So the triple car ride here, nearly had it as my excellent. I think this was so funny. The way it's presented where you don't realize that they're all driving around the same point and every and all their consequences are affecting each yeah, other. You don't realize that it's all happening at the same time. And you don't realize that it's shown out of order the first time. Yeah. Nah, it's fantastic. So what do you have? You got Tommy takes the milk out yeah, of Turkish's throws the hand. Milk. Which lands on Tony's car windscreen while Rosebud has pulled a big blade out. They crash into a pole. Rosebud kills himself because of the knife. Boris gets out of the the, uh, the trunk and is walking in the middle of the road with the, with the fucking bag on his head, trying to like using his feet to to move where he's going. And in the process, you got. Sol and Vinny and Tyrone with their replica guns, they've shot out all the glass, they're not paying attention, and they <laughs> run over run over Boris the Blade. Yeah. Gold. It's good. But, of course, Boris doesn't die from that, and he heads back home while Turkish and Tommy are there. Tommy, the big man. Tommy like, cops it. I don't, I don't care if he's got fucking <laughs> hazelnuts. <laughs> you certainly got those minerals, don't you, Tommy? <laughs> yeah, you certainly showed him. Comes out with another fucking anti-aircraft gun. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, but yeah, this scene with Tony in the pub with uh, Vince and Tyrone oh. and Sol with their replica guns is an absolute pizza. This is almost my excellent too. I have so many excellents in this oh, scene, in, thought, in this movie. I, I thought this was going to be your excellent then. You built nah, it up. Yeah, I know. I was setting it up. No, this this speech from Vinnie Jones is fantastic. So, you must be the big dick then, aren't you? <laughs> 
And, and you're two guys on the side. I love how he says you two guys on the side. And Tyrone pops and like, oh, he's talking about me. So he takes a little step forward. <laughs> like, I'm listening. Uh, and of course, the awesome editing when he's like, you know, the fact you've got replica written on the side of your gun that zooms right in and boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yep. Desert Eagle 0.50. Boom, 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 boom. And of course, he has to finish it off with a... Now. Fuck off. Fuck off. I can't believe he lets him just go. I thought it was a yeah, very generous of Bullet Tooth Tony here. Well he kinda ma- he kinda fucks up because they go down the corridor where Avi is and they try they pull the same thing on him and he's not as smart as that. And of course Boris comes in from the other side. Mm. A- Avi's had enough. He's sick of fucking London. Yeah, and fair enough. But finally Boris goes down after multiple, multiple gunshots from Bullet Tooth Tony. <laughs> you missed. I like to hear him like, <laughs> like you missed. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, that was good. <laughs> Shoots him again. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Sol and Vince end up getting the stone here. It's great. But they don't have it for, for very long, because Tony does catch up with them. Now, that, that shot where they're in the car and Bullet Tooth Tony comes up to the window, that wasn't Vinnie Jones. That was a lookalike, because Vinnie Jones didn't show up for shooting that day because he was in jail for fighting the night before. Jesus. Playing the character. Very, very method. What a tough guy. Oh, yeah. Getting into fights. So, Mickey's wake looks like a good wake. What is he that supposed him- to mean? He messes himself up good. Does that make a good wake? It looks like a good, uh, massive piss up. Seems like again, a, bit of, a bit of a depressing party, Hendo. Again, massive, like, fast-paced editing snap cuts. Classic Guy Ritchie right here. So, what are we up to? Vinny and Sol have taken Avi and Tony back to their office. They're trying to do this on the fly. They haven't given him the, the diamond yet. Mention the dog. Avi's pretty keen to open up the dog. Yeah. It's like, get it. It's like, what do you mean, get it? Tony, that's a bit strong, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Even he won't do it. But he I'm goes sure to do what, it. I'm not sure what Vince's plan was, though. He's like, don't worry, we'll think of something. They have but- no plan. They're idiots. And oh, the irony that they were trying to talk talk uh, Avi and Tony into believing that the dog had eaten the diamond. And the dog does exactly that. Yeah, that's good. And then it runs off. Oh, <laughs> Avi goes, he goes nuts and just, he's basically closing his eyes, shooting. Yeah. And then he's surprised that Bullet Tooth Tony's dead. Hey, come on. And then, quick edit, he's, all, he's back, to, back to America. Anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. So Mickey passed out the night before the fight, or the, the fight. Turkish and Tommy, they have the uh, unenviable task of waking him up. Need to have a shake. <laughs> I love the the double reaction. He's passed out. They wake him up and he gives the old like he's going to throw up. He has a drink. He passes out again. They smack him in the face. He gets back up. (laughs) Yeah, so basically Bricktop tries to put the fear of God into him. Uh, You see the shots of the the Bricktop's men at the pikey site. So you know shit's going to go down soon enough. Fight comes in, which is my... Excellent! This whole fight sequence to... Fucking in the Bushes by Oasis is a mental song. The way the whole the whole film, the way the whole fight is shot, snap cuts, the 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 way there's some sound effects in there that sound like a, a silencer gun. Every time he gets punched like this, pew, 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 the whole hmm. situation is, is fantastic. Especially when he punches him the first time, knocks him down again, and then you get the zoom in again. Like, oh, that was so good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten that happens that he gets back up. Yeah. I was like, oh, awesome, there's more. Oh, and then you get that cool water effect where he's like goes under yeah. and he's swimming around. That was good. And he's like watching he's like watching himself getting kicked on the ground. Seems mm-hmm. like an illegal move. I feel like he really takes Guy Ritchie takes what he's doing here and just ramps it up again in Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, he, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting he did Sherlock Holmes, especially when he's doing the fights and like and he's like saying like yeah, anticipating everything yeah. that's gonna do yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I love it how he's down on the ground and you get the voiceover. All he's got to do is stay down. Swings back up, smacks him freeze frame. Now we are fucked. fucked. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. The producers actually couldn't afford enough extras to fill that whole boxing match sequence. So whenever the the camera angle changed, the the extras just had to move around to that area to get the impression of a crowded place. How annoying. They actually had to do that for Rocky too. If you remember, yeah, I do remember that. But those were different times. Yeah, those were different times, and they had like literally no money. Whereas this film, they would have had some money. Like, how much is uh, extras getting paid for a day's work? Fifty bucks. Come in and see Brad Pitt fight in a boxing ring. Would have been would have got everyone there. You should charge them. Yeah, (laughs) get some more budget on this film. (laughs) What do you think of the 
reveal that you don't you don't see Bricktop. You don't see them take advantage of Bricktop straight away. You, it mm. looks like he's in he's in control still. Yeah, the, I love that freeze love, frame. Yeah, the freeze frame is what makes it worthwhile because you get that, that that shot of Turkish and Tommy pulling the stupid faces, yeah. and Mickey just totally calm in control. He knows what's happening. It's it's really yeah. nice. It does pay off. Yeah, and I love how you get what is happening at the campsite, mixing in perfect with the fight at the same time. Like there's that shot where they shoot the guy and he falls out of the car and then it it, it cuts fluently into the boxer falling on the ground at the same time. Yeah. It's very, very well edited, obviously. This whole film is it's it's an editing orgasm. Does Guy Ritchie edit these? I highly doubt it. Like I'm just wondering if the guy who edits this is The editor is John Harris. John Harris? That's not that's not him. <laughs> Uh, he what? What else did he? What else has he edited here? Uh, Kingsman, Kickass, 127 Hours, The oh, well, Descent, some interesting techniques. Yes, Stardust, never seen in my life. Huh. Oh, we also did Layer Cake. Anyway, Brick Top, cops a shotgun straight to the face. Give me that fucking shooter. I'll give you a shooter, you cunt. <laughs> this is our most uses of that word in an episode. Undoubtedly, Hendo. But it all comes full circle here, as. Turkish and Tommy are at the campsite. They're all gone. Luckily, the dog shows up at the precise moment when the cops are there. He's taking the dog for a walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tommy, quit messing around. <laughs> oh, God, oh, Daisy. Good, good Daisy. boy, Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> no many boys called Daisy. <laughs> I love how you get that shot of Sol and Vince pulled over on the side. You explain to me why there is a one-armed man in with a tea cozy on his head in your boot. <laughs> Yeah, and I love that they see the yes. They see the they dog. See, yeah, they see the dog. It's great. And then you act to the start, and they're talking about the diamond and the wraparound. And it's dug the head, and then that quick edit of Avi heading back to London. Yeah, and that is it for Snatch. Any last words? All right, Dean. What is your final thoughts on Snatch? Yeah, I love Snatch. Uh, I think the script is absolutely killer. The performances are great. It's just so funny. It's such a fun, fun film to watch. Like, there's never a dull moment. Like, even doing this breakdown with you, I can't believe how quick this went. And whether or not it was quick, it just felt quick because of how snappy this film is. And it is going to get... Amazing. Outstanding. From me. Very good. Well, for me, this is one of the best, most entertaining films I've seen. Snatch is one of the films I grew up on. Seeing this when I was like 15, introducing me to this style of film, re-watching it over and over again, discovering Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels because of it, being able to quote this film word for word. Mate, this film, this film is a gem. It is fast-paced snap editing, no time to breathe, balls to the wall, multi-character story crossing plots that all tie together neatly at the end. Holy shit. I I love this movie. I can't believe it's been 20 years since this came out. Guy Ritchie has never been better. Without a doubt, this gets... Amazing. Amazing. Outstanding. For me as well. Very good. The old double amazing. Yeah, when was the last time we did that? Was <sighs> it Return of the King? Could be Return of the King. I think it was. I mean, that wasn't that long ago, so yeah. No, it's not very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean, where's this going to sit on your rankings? Uh, I'm going to start at my lowest five-star film, which is currently Terminator at number 22. And I do think it's better than Terminator. Uh, Next up, Lion King. It's better than The Lion King. Casino. Yeah, it's better than Casino. Then we hit V for Vendetta and it starts to get really difficult for me. Jeez, having having recently done V for Vendetta... No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Snatch is better than V for Vendetta. And then it comes up against Silence of the Lambs, and that is where it's going to stop for me. So Snatch will be my new number 19. Very good. Well, let's start at the bottom of my five-star list at number 23 with Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and I think it's better than that. I'm actually going to turbo up this list. It's better than The Terminator, The Prestige, Your Name, The Wizard of Oz, LA Confidential, Return of the King, Mad Max Fury Road. And then it hits Batman Begins. I think it's better than Batman Begins. Now we're up to number 14 with La La Land. And I also think it's better than La La Land. And then it hits Toy Story. This is also better than Toy Story. Up to number 12 with Die Hard. And this is where it gets tricky. Hmm. I'm going to stop it there. 
So Snatch for me is my new number 13. Okay, very high. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on Public. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy. Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Endo controls our main handle at the Movie Journey, and I am at Dean's 250 Journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Movie Journey, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com slash Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterbox.com slash Hendo. And we also have a new Facebook discussion group. Yeah, a little listener community going on over there. Yeah, head on over, join up. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussion. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And like we've said, if you screenshot your review and DM us, we'll send you out some new sweet, sweet merch. We've actually got a new review this week. And this one's very short and sweet. Comes to us from Krish. And they've said, nice. Five stars. We'll take it. Or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, Breaking Down Films, not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there, early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to, by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, Dean, we're into week three of our David Fincher film series and we're up to Panic Room. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing it. I remember liking it. Keen to see how it holds up. Yeah, I think I've only seen it once before. Don't really remember too much about it, so I'm also keen to check that one out. Now, episode 100 is coming up where we're doing a big competition for our patrons to win some Movie Journey Sweet Sweet merch. Perfect time to sign up. Get involved. Come and drop in some questions for our Q and A that we're also be, that we're also doing on that episode. Gonna be a good bit of fun, isn't it, Dean? Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/TheMovieJourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. All right, mate. It's time for. We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is, and this oh. could be it. Oh. And we've got a couple of reviews over on our Patreon. First one here from Hayden Gerloff. Before watching it again, I thought about dropping Snatch from its lofty heights on the five-star level. However, based on my most recent rewatch, Snatch is a fun and fast ride that never slows down once it gets going. Held together by an intertwining plot, driven by great characters, an extremely enjoyable watch that keeps you entertained through the undecipherable mumblings of a fantastic Brad Pitt to learning about the best ways to dispose of a human body. Snatch latches onto its five-star rating and isn't ready to let it go just yet. And another one here from Ben Mulverhill. Snatch is an all-time British classic. The story can seem all over the place at the start, but watching the different through lines converge is one of its most enjoyable qualities. Thank you guys for those reviews, but of course we've got... I've seen this film so many times, like countless. We had to write essays on this back in high school, and I had already seen it a few times then. As it happens, I just saw it back in March, and tonight, even after that many rewatches, Snatch never feels old. It's so much fun. It's so engrossing. The way the film's cut and edited together is something special. The script is genius with so many quotable exchanges between characters. Without primarily existing as a comedy, the film is hilarious. I remember getting into Snatch, nice, and Lockstock before Richie's follow-ups, Revolver, and Swept Away, cough. Never saw Swept Away, but I remember it got no stars in the Herald Sun. Revolver is so forgettable, I'm not even sure I've seen it. I think I saw Rock and Roller, and it wasn't good. 
We're getting multiple reviews here, Hendo. <laughs> but back in 2001, us teen boys were thinking Richie was another director to follow like Tarantino or Fincher or M. Night Shyamalan. Hmm, he's not the only one who let us down. Revisiting this after last year's A Gentleman reminds us that while writer-directors can work so hard to just make an above-average movie people like, classics like Snatch are effortless. Four and a half stars. Nice. Good review there, Shane. Much better than your last two. All right, Dean, there's a couple of polls here about which films deserve to be in the top 250 best films of all time. Let's start off with Prisoners. What do you reckon Prisoners got? A resounding yes. It is a middling no, 63%. Oh, okay. And then the one we missed last week, Hamilton. Thoughts? Thoughts. What do you want me to say? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I've seen seen what it was at one point, and it looked like... The worst blowout we've seen, is that right? It is the worst blowout we've seen. 91% say no. But I think it's important to note, it's not a film, it's a musical. Or a stage play. That was people's response. Yeah. And today's breakdown, Snatch. What do you reckon? Mm, No. 75% say no. Interesting. Mm, Indeed. All right, mate, let's get to... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you, what is your favourite Brad Pitt performance? Now, let's go through a couple of the many, many, many responses we got over on Twitter. First one here from Qui-Gon Glynn. I'm going for his performance as Jerry Lane in World War Z. I feel this movie was underappreciated. Next up, from the cinema guys, 12 Monkeys. So what happens next, says easily, Inglorious Bastards. Podcast HQ says burn after reading. Here's one from Daniel. He goes with The Tree of Life. Ronnie Casale says Ad Astra. Aware of the awards goes with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Jeffrey Kerr says Inglorious Bastards. Corey and Kevin talk about nothing podcast says, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I can answer it. He's just been fantastic in so many. Nope, can't do it. Global Communism says, I thought he was pretty great in Babel, but not sure how much scream time he got in that altogether. So probably Fight Club. Is it Babel or Babel? I don't know, Babel. I say Babel, but I'm babin. I'm going to move on from that pretty quickly. Kathy B says, so many. My earliest memory of Brad Pitt that he made a big impression on me was Interview with the Vampire. Mayank Malek says, without a doubt, Moneyball. Funny Old World says, I really loved his performance in 12 Years a Slave. It's a tiny role, but pivotal to the entire film. Awfully Irish podcast say Snatch. Michael E. Wilson says, last night I watched Seven for the very first time and Brad Pitt was brilliant. So I will choose that film. Yanni Banda says, Troy. Eladax says he's good when he doesn't overact. So Moneyball and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Tilting Windmills says The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And our last one here from John Winterbauer. Hands Dan Aldo Rain from Inglorious Bastards. Absolutely love that film. All right. Looking at our Facebook discussion group page from David Powell. Got to be Tyler Durden. He's always awesome, but there's only one fight club. Luke James Human says Don War Daddy Collier in Fury. Lastly, here on Facebook from Heifer, Billy Bean in Moneyball. Closely second is Lieutenant Aldo Rain. Great Italian accent. And let's take a look over on our Patreon. Chris Beardsall says, I didn't love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when I first saw it, but I do find myself liking it more and more each time I rewatch it. And Brad Pitt is fantastic as Cliff Booth. Brother Shane says, Tyler Durden. Hunkrio says, I've got to go for Cliff Booth in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He fit the role perfectly. Roughhouse podcast go Aldo Rain, although I do love him in the Oceans movies. Midnight Rider gives us their top five, but number one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brian Grabianowski says Moneyball for me. He's just so easy to watch, yet he's complex from his fits of rage to his being an involved father. Underrated in my book, Oceans 7 and Hollywood are all close though. And lastly, Ben Mulverhill goes with his performance as Tyler Durden for me. Thank you very much everyone for putting in a response, but Dean, let's get to our top five Brad Pitt performances. And as usual, let's kick it off with you. What is your number five? Can I just say how amazing all those different answers were from everyone? Yeah. Like there wasn't even a consensus. It was just so spread across the board then. It was great. Yep. Really, really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate the input. All right. Number five for me is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Very good. My number five is seven. My number four is 12 Monkeys. See, I haven't seen 12 Monkeys in 20 years, I'd say. Oh, I thought you were going to say you hadn't ever seen it because I've nah, still got a movie to give you. I, I, I can't remember anything about it. Literally nothing about it. My number four is Burn After Reading. My number three is Snatch. That is also my number three. My number two is seven. Oh, my number two is Inglorious Bastards. Really? 
Yeah. I, I wasn't a huge pit fan in Inglorious Bastards, i got to oh, say. Well, there you go. You felt too pity. Okay, I disagree. Number two. can't believe how low you had seven. I guess we should get Fight Club as our number ones off the board now. Nope. My number one is Fight Club. My number one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You don't have Fight Club in your top five Brad Pitt performances. You heard it right there. There's my you number six. You are an idiot. You no, are a dis- genuine idiot. No, I disagree. They're all top-notch performances, all of them. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, number one. He is amazing in Fight Club. I don't deny it. You don't it. know where I've been, Lou. You don't know where I've been. <laughs> Come on. Shivers, Hendo. Not from that. Wow. That no, is your performance. That is ridiculous. How many years has it been since you've seen Fight Club? A couple of years. That is, I, I, this is, I'm as shocked as I think I've ever been in <laughs> one of our top five up, would you? <laughs> you didn't have Tyler Durden. In the, didn't no, even I make didn't. top five. I would have probably had a similar reaction <laughs> if you put him at number two. Six? Oh, Are you serious? Didn't make a top five list. Tyler Durden, you are a dead set moron. Anymore? I'll stop. I should have put Legends of the Fall in there as my number one. That's probably as bad as stupid a pick as you gave. No, you say not done. Legends of the Fall actually is a pretty good movie. I want to rewatch that. I've watched it a few times. It's a grizzly bear fight. It's not quite the level of uh, excitement as we see in The Revenant. But it's up there. It's up there. All right, Dean, we have six people who chose the same favourite as us. So I'll let you choose a number between one and six to see who's going to win some sweet, sweet merch. Five. Number five is Midnight Rider, our patron Midnight Rider, for his pick of Cliff Booth in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So well done, mate. We'll get in contact with you and send you out some sweet, sweet merch. So what's next? All right, Hendo, we're doing something we haven't done in a long time. Yeah. We're doing our random, random number generator. (laughs) This could be dangerous. (laughs) Yes. All right, here we go. I'm going to spin this between one and 250. Oh, oh man, I already know what this is. Uh, It's, uh, wow. Uh, It's number five, Dean. Number five? Is that The Dark Knight? We've done The Dark Knight. Oh, it's 12 Angry Men. Wow. Geez, that worked out better than I thought. (laughs) 12 Angry Men. That's, that's, that's not bad, is it? No, it's not bad at all. It's pretty goddamn good, actually. All right, there we go. All right, well, that's that's what our next uh, that's what our next breakdown is going to be. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll take that. Absolutely. So, thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode, and we will see you next week for Twelve Angry Men. Bye.